We're back again with another episode of Change the Subject, a show within the show, brought to you by Our Two Cents Pod. I am your host, Dergo BJ. You can find me at Dergo BJ on Twitter and IG, and also follow my co-host of Our Two Cents. Shout out to Mona Lisa. You can follow her at M-O-H-N-A-L-Y-S-S-A-A. Again, another episode of Change the Subject. Today is a very, very special day because of two reasons. The first reason is I'm in Philadelphia, but the second reason, which is the most important reason, is I'm with two people from Philly that I love to the core of my heart. I got D.E., Danny, still your girl on the panda. And I am not from Philly. <laughs> well, he lives Thanks in for Philly. Not, thanks for not perpetrating. I appreciate you. <laughs> but he's here. So right. he's here. From the Danny and Cleo show, and I also have Killer. What up? <laughs> Vitamin K. Got them here today to talk about some interesting things. But first, how are you two doing today? Ladies first. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm chilling. I'm cooler than the other side of the pillow. Thank you for... I'm so happy that you all are in my city. Thank absolutely. you for coming. Um, I'm hope. I'm hoping that you're enjoying your time oh, here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm chilling. I'm sipping my wine. I'm good. Kay just pulled out like four bottles out of a bag. Out of the five. Two. That were already. And not the, not the airplane joint. <laughs> the Magnum joint that the sparkles come out of when you're at the club. <laughs> I mean, because I really, I had to fall back from drinking liquor. Um, I graduated from grad school in December. Congratulations. Shout out to that. Thank you. Thank you. And I wilded out. Like, mm. oh, man. Belligerent. Now, I wasn't belligerent, but the amount of alcohol that I had was like way too much. So, right, right. just like the sight of, like, mm. I can't watch people take shots. Like, the sight of it, the smell, I'm I'm good. Um, I can have a mixed drink here and there. It even, it took me, my first mixed drink was when we were at Landmark oh, last okay. week. That was my first mixed drink okay. since December. Oh, yeah. Um, we all got together <laughs> yeah. on Big Brother Paco. <laughs> Yeah. Impromptu, right. you know, viewing and showing of his face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was sick about that split bill thing. Um, so yeah, so I just been on my wine and beer tip. So yeah, I'm on my wine tip. Damn, yeah, I today. can't really drink like that either. Like, um, I I overdid it on New Year's, <laughs> and I've been like anti liquor for yeah. some months now. But yeah, I'm slowly but surely trying to get back into it. Because, right, it's supposed to be summertime. Yeah, mm-hmm. celebrating life and all of these yeah. different things that we do together. So. It's about to be a lit summer. Summer yeah, 2018 yeah. is going to be really fun. It's going to be really lit. Yeah. I agree. But today's topic, um, for me, is something that I'm dealing with personally as far as like accountability and getting to learn how to deal with those things within self so that I can have more fun. I can enjoy things for what they are and not overthink the process. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason why I chose you two for the show is because like I've on the end with you, DE, it seemed like we met just last year in the summer and we've been able to like be around each other on numerous other events after that. And I feel like I get to see him in different phases, but he never changes to people. He's always the same. It's always love. There's always just this bright and vibrant energy that comes off of him. And he embraces people. He don't have to know you to embrace you. And that's something that I struggle with. And then for you, I just met you in November. And it's been like love ever since. It's like, how you doing? I tell you I'm coming to your town. She sent me like the longest DM. Laundry list. Of places to go. It's like, call me. Let me know when you're getting there. Let me know how it is. It's just like... Right, she the plug. She the plug. But you know, of course, I struggle with being that forthcoming, mm. and it has a lot to do with relationships. And Sorry, I'm, I wasn't trying to be creepy or weird. I no, was just being nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's I not. It's really weird. not because you know we we are in these you know positions with you know speaking directly to people, and they can actually be helped by a lot of the things that we talk about. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why I got you guys here because. I can learn from y'all in regards to this. I realized that the reason why I can't enjoy certain things or open up to certain ideas because of the titles that I place on certain things and people. Mm-hmm. And maybe those titles are just overwhelming to to know that 
certain people have. And I, I'll give you an example. Um, there was this point where I would like think subconsciously that I was always the victim. Like, why do people treat me this way? Why is it that every time I do something good for somebody, they take advantage of it or they misuse whatever it is that I give them? But then in sitting and wallowing in that somewhat sorrow, I begin to realize, like, ask yourself an even deeper question. What is it about you that shows that you will allow those things to happen? What is it that you give off that draws that kind of energy? And once I was able to look deeper into self, I had to ask myself, like, what does it really mean to be your friend? Mm -hmm. Are you asking too much? And this is why people shift their energy or they relinquish responsibilities to the friendship. Are you demanding? Are you too much in regards to what you expect from people? So it made me like look at myself a little bit more. So I'll ask you to like, have you ever asked yourself, like, what does it mean to be my friend for the good and the bad and the ugly that you know about yourself? Uh, for me, like, you know me, I'm a, I'm a very friendly person. Um, <clears throat> I've definitely been had a lot of people that they call me their best friend, but you know, I wouldn't really title them as my best friend, but I, I just learned to like accept really accept every friendship for what it is, whether, you know, if I'm giving out a hundred percent, they're giving out 50 and you know, I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? If I like them enough or if, if I don't, I'm just trying to, I guess, keep my cup full too. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. As long as I'm not losing. Cause I, I would, uh, you know, I love people, man. And then I would get hurt. My feelings get hurt. Like, damn, like, you know what I'm saying? I show you so much love and you don't show me that kind of love. But I've learned to just accept it and understand that sometimes it's not personal. You know, people got their own lives and maybe you ain't supposed to, you know, be in it. Mm. That's true. Um, I Going off of that, um, I've definitely experienced early on um, trying to... <laughs> I guess define or, or figure out what a true friend is supposed to be. Um, and like I said, going off of what you were saying, some people are just meant to be in your life for a season and this, and that, and that's it. I tell a quick story. I had a friend. It was a male friend, it was strictly platonic. Mm -hmm. And we were friends for about 10 years. I knew him since I was like 13, 14 years old. And I mean, that was, it was the person like people literally thought we were brother and sister because we were always together. And, you know, we did middle school together, went through high school together. Um, he didn't go to college with me, but I mean, he visited my school so much that people thought he went to my college with me. Like <laughs> right, right. that was my homie. That was my brother. Yeah. And, um, as we, we got a little bit older and he ended up having a kid and, you know, then he got into the relationship and then you get into that weird space of, I'm so used to being able to call him at any time, just be right. like, you know, let's go do this. And it's like, I can't do that anymore because I'm a female and I respect, you know, whoever he's with. Um, you know, some people just don't understand that, that best friend thing. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, that's fine. But with him, it, it got to a point where it was like, you know, alcohol and drugs and mental illness. Right. Um, and him and I are just, are, we're not friends anymore. I mean, it was a point like I have an uncle who's U.S. Marshal and mm -hmm. I was calling him like, what am I supposed to do about this boy? Do I call mm. the cops? Yeah. Do I get him beat up and killed? Like, yeah. what am I supposed uh, to do? Because he was like crossing major boundaries. Yeah. Um. And you know, during that time, it was like that was happening during the time in my life where um, you know, I was about to finish school. I was about to come back home. It was like me getting to that next phase in my life. So I'm like, well, why is all this happening right now? Like, of all times for this to happen, it's happening right now with my quote unquote best friend. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and some of the things that he was saying and you know, threatening to do to me. It's like. Where where did all that come from? You know, I, you've known me since I was 13 years old. We're 20, 21, 22. And you're, and you know, because he was my best friend, he knew, he knew everything about me. Um, good, bad, and ugly, which mm -hmm. a best friend is supposed right. to know. Right. Um, and I mean, he was trying, like, using that against me. And I, ever since that experience, I haven't truly opened up. To, to anyone else. I mean, like, I'm, I'm friendly with people. I have friends, you know, you know, Danny, I love people. Mm -hmm. Um, I can bust it up and, and all that. But ever since that, that was like the, the ultimate betrayal, you know, a 10 year friendship. And 
you know, one incident where it was, you know, he was wrong and I was right. And I told him about his stuff because as friends, we, we have fun. We, we turn up this and that, but a friend is also supposed to check you when you're wrong and tell you about right. yourself. And he didn't like that where, where all of his other friends weren't doing it. They would just go along with what he was saying. But you kind of walked me right into the point. The, I would call this show the heavyweight title holder. Mm-hmm. It's defending or knowing how to defend the title that either you inherit or were given. Now, to extract from the story that you just gave, him losing you could have been that downfall to the drugs, the drinking, and the excessive erratic behavior because he gave another woman a title. Now, it may not have been that your friendship shifted. It's because the woman he gave a title became entitled. Another woman shouldn't be threatened by another woman, especially if she's presented as the best of his friend, because this is possibly the person that will either know him better than you or know him just as good as you. So is her title really the girlfriend or the wife or is her real title supposed to be insecure? Which title do you want to hold in your relationship? Now, that's a question for her to, of course, answer. But. Here in this particular instance, this man took a downtrod after you were removed from his life because clearly you bring that positivity, you bring that light, you bring that that honest and blatant truth when you slip. Hey, bro, get it together. And he may not even have this anymore. And he's been deteriorating as a person ever since. So that's what I'm getting to. Like giving people titles sometimes is detrimental. If they don't know how to actually fulfill the requirements of the title, she may very well be insecure. Well, why are you hanging with Kay all the time? Why are you talking to Kay about everything that you're going through? Why you feel like Kay know you better than me? I'm your woman. I'm the one that lays next to you every night. You know, they start that mind game. Mm-hmm. And that title of best friend is just as important as the title of the wife, the the mother, like you need those people in those positions. And I personally have dealt with in my past of many relationships where the women I dated, they knew of my best friend, but never physically seen her because she was in college. And (laughs) so we didn't like even she and I didn't see each other often, but we were still constantly keeping communication. And I will admit that the reason why I struggled with trusting in a relationship, because I didn't have to trust them. I had my best friend. And I would explain this to women like my best friend isn't going to go anywhere. It's the closest person to me. She'll tell me like you tripping. You need to stop doing this. You need to stop doing that. Maybe you should. And I, I grew comfortable with her truth because I knew she didn't judge me when she gave it to me. But when I would go into these new situations with women, women always tried to force her out of the picture. And I knew I needed my best friend. So do I want to sacrifice something I need just to give another person a title that you're obviously showing me you can't own up to because you're insecure about another person being close to you? Like, you know, I may get any type of circumstance or situation that you may be too new to handle. That's a reference for you in your relationship. Let me call his best friend and see if she knows that she can say, well, he has a history of this, this, and this. He does this, this, and that. But we get these opportunities to become something to somebody. And sometimes we take on an arrogance and not so much be humble about the gift of another person giving you a position. And they like. And for me, I'm just trying to understand the importance of who I have around me. So like when I think of like heavyweight title holders, I would think of like first love, how damaging being a person's first love is to the last person you end up with, because you're sizing up a person who has no flaw or error on his record. But you're sizing them up to a person that destroys you. It's unfair. He didn't do any of the damage to you, the person. But he's accountable for all of it in order to win you. How is that fair? 
it's not fair. And for me, I know whenever, that's why whenever I'm dealing with somebody and something terrible happens and we're not talking anymore, I take that time to, to heal myself because I don't want to be the bitter, mm-hmm. all men ain't shit. Yada, we ain't yada. shit. We ain't shit. But no, y'all are black, beautiful kings. Some of y'all be cheating and some of y'all be doing the fuck shit. But overall, y'all are black men are beautiful. All Amen. of y'all. Thank um you. Yeah. I appreciate hearing yeah. you say that. But um I, w- I was always like that. I cannot it's not fair to make the next man pay for the last man's mistakes. It's not fair. Um and to me I, I just think of it as a karma thing. You know, what what you put out in the world is gonna come back to you one way or another. So um you just gotta so I watch how you treat people. And mm-hmm. I feel like before you move in, that's why people, they're, they're all so quick to hop from relationship to relationship and not take the time to heal themselves first. And part of that is because of the whole fear of being lonely or being alone or mm-hmm. want some dick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you have to take that time to yourself. You have to. And I've done it. I'm still doing it. Mm. Take your time, girl. Yeah. And I mean, that doesn't mean, it, with taking your time, that doesn't mean you have to deprive yourself and cut your, people mm. cope with things and heal differently. It may be just going through a whole phase and being out here. It may be staying to yourself and, you know, being celibate. Um, and then there's everything in between. As long as you stay safe, stay clean, protect Word. yourself. safe. Right. Keep your yeah. mind right, you know. Um, but then still, while you're having your fun or doing whatever, make sure that you're still working on constructively still working on yourself, too. But is that is that something that can be done and still be healthy if it's what's if it's the very thing that afflicts you? Like when you look at the people who they go through the bad breakup and they just say, like, fuck niggas, fuck bitches, mm-hmm. whatever. That's their coping mechanism to make themselves feel better about doing something less than their character or less than what they really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Is that something healthy when you know that that's not really you? Not necessarily. Cause I have had those moments where like, I'll be honest, where like I slept with somebody just because I was lonely, not like random, any, 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 mo, but yeah, yeah, yeah. like backtracked, you know, backtracked and, and slept or messed with somebody that I, sh- I know I had no business hanging with sleeping with but it's off the strength of i'm mm-hmm. lonely or i'm i'm horny and my toy ain't doing it <laughs> so um <laughs> but but then you know you wake up the next morning or even it's been times right after i had sex with the person mm-hmm. it's just like how mm-hmm. did i do that uh but to me at least that voice is still in your head oh, you know true, true, some true. people they get so caught up in that and they don't even have that conscious anymore. That's when it's a problem. But I feel like when you at least, I mean, it's bad that I did it or it's bad that people do stuff like that. But I feel like at least I'm not completely soulless because I still have that, that inner voice. Like, now, you know, you ain't had no business. Why mm-hmm. are you doing it? You just did that because you're lonely and it's self checking yourself. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm, I'm good for a uh, one time spiral with me. Hit, mm-hmm. hit and quit. Holla. I'm good for that. <laughs> I am good for that. Well, for you, like when you like I look at your relationship Mm -hmm. and when I think of like you and Cleo, it's like blatant honesty Mm -hmm. and honesty is one of the hardest things to accomplish in a relationship because first, like she's saying, doing the self check, you got to go in that closet and kind of thumb through the skeletons and you got to say, well, you know, I'm a hornball Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have anything to do with the attraction to my significant other. I just like what I like. You talking about me, y'all? No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like in that instance, like, you know, and I just admire how real y'all could be to yeah, each other. But you know, the, the title, like mm-hmm. when I think about how you speak on Cleo, like you never say my wife. Mm-hmm. And it's like a certain ownership that you will relinquish just for the greater good or the greater title within the relationship. This is my soulmate. Like those things are oftentimes missing in marriages. This is my best friend. Those things are oftentimes missing in relationships. Just to say my friend period Mm -hmm. is oftentimes missing in relationships. So how do you manage your title as the all in one person? I think um, we try to like steer away from like titles as a whole. It's like 
Because being in a marriage, like, you know how you go, you have a job, you know what you're going to do, this is your job. It, it might change, man. It's been some times where, you know, I just was making the money and she was just chilling, you know, sometimes when she was making money and, you know, I was just chilling. Sometimes we get money together. It's like sometimes, you know, you have to be the housewife. Sometimes I got to be the house husband. Like, we just don't have no titles. You know what I'm saying? You're my best friend. Sometimes you're my enemy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it's just... Stay. I would steer away from titles, man, because that shit would just get your feelings hurt. You know what I mean? When you could just just be with each other and let your uh, your relationship speak for itself, because you might not be best friends. You know what I'm saying? You might need to check yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I think the the titles really kind of hurt. Kind of jade things. Yeah. But my thing with you saying how there's moments when you are the house husband. How mm-hmm. do you not let the title of weak or mm-hmm. the lesser man or, you know, he's not holding up his weight and mm-hmm. all of these things that we title people to make them feel insignificant. How do you not let those things affect you? I just I just know the truth, man. You know, I know I put in so much work, you know what I mean, that can't really. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah, really like I, I take pride in like I take I took pride in this time that I've been able to uh take a break and and, and do stuff you know, just to hold up my family and, you know, make sure dishes is washed, make sure food is cooked for when the girls come home because they in daycare now. You know, it we, me and Cleo, we was always with our kids. We never got a break when we was in PR. But when we got here now, you know, they go to daycare, they do this. So when I'm at home, you know what I'm saying? I, I want to have my good time. I want to play pool, play my Madden and shit. But I take pride in by the time 4.30 come. I want everything to be, I don't want nobody to, they can't look at me sideways. You know what I'm saying? Cleo can't say shit. <laughs> Cause I stay, like, I, I love it. You know what I'm saying? It makes me feel right. good. You know, you, you, my bed is made every day. Nice. Mumble them hotel pillows from Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> them shits you got them? Them shits get fluffed <laughs> every, I know that. They get fluffed every day. Dead ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause I want my shit to look nice. When she come in, the shit be looking like hotel made. Like right. I just want her to feel she just got off work, kids coming in. Let's you know, let's tackle it. Cause honestly, if when you do that, man, it'll your relationship will be so much better. You know, and that's not just sexually. You know, sometimes like me, the way we don't call each other, you know, wife and husband, because sometimes it's not nothing's guaranteed, man. You know what I'm saying? I go every day. Like I don't know if I might, I might not be able to get. Get the pussy ever again. You know what I'm saying? I got to make sure I do, make sure I'm worth it, make sure I'm, she loves me, make sure I do my job. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And just... So you're not allowing the title to make you feel like you've succeeded. Yeah, no, nah, it's just... It's still that chase to mm-hmm. prove your worth. Yeah, I, so, you know what I'm saying? Any dude can steal your girl, man. You just got to stay on point, man. Always stay ready. You know what I'm saying? You never have to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because I've always, like, I've always admired, like, how patient you are because Cleo is tough. Mm. Like, like, sometimes, like, even in the conversations where, like, I'll be, like, complaining Mm. about, like, something that a woman did or something. She's like, I sympathize, but Mm. we go through some real shit, bro. Like, it's still not like, oh, boo, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, Like, that's cute, but, uh. Right. It's still like rearing you into the idea of you're not the only one. Yeah, or provide, just providing that bigger picture. Broader scope. Like, everybody's, you know, dealing with their shit, but in the grand scheme of things. The line, you in front of her in the line. Yeah, right. And I I really appreciate that. Like, Mm -hmm. I really appreciate how, like, gutter she keep it. Like, look, it is what it is. But, Mm In this process of dealing with the title holders that you placed in your life, mm-hmm. there's times when you fall short as a friend, as a lover, as a husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend. How do you self-check yourself for the titles that you create within yourself as being needy, as being like me? I'm moody. Mm-hmm. I'm a very moody person. Okay. Um when I get to a point, I get to a point where when I'm overwhelmed with one thing, it may not be the woman, it may be just the job, but everything around me is affected mm-hmm. by that one shift. And I take, I take an abrupt absence from everything. I hold myself in the dark under the, under the cover and I just. It sounds um, like depression, BJ. That could be what it is. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've kind of toyed with, the ideas of me having a slight 
depression because it's different levels i believe i don't have a way to pull myself out of it and like i have you know i have a girl i have a best friend who both know that i'm moody as shit Mm -hmm. and they still try to like fight through and like look let me be there or you know talk to me or whatever and you're lucky that you have that yeah Yeah. shout to the people shout to the people that deal with the people that got depression Mm -hmm. right so like that's the thing that brings me to like the self-check like how what do you do when you have that issue that's just that strong to where you start to neglect the people who want to help you through it because you will become you will become that hard shell or you will become that person because you just constantly keep refusing to help mm-hmm. so like how do you fight against those titles that don't necessarily fit who you really are i Wow, that's a good question. How do I deal with that? First is admitting it to the people who are trying to help. Or in my case, I'll give an example. I'm not that great at keeping in contact with with people. Yeah, me too. Um, Mm -hmm. So like I had one friend in particular, her and I, we've been friends since sixth grade, since the sixth grade. And um, I'm terrible at keeping in contact with her. Um, But I always tell, but she'll always, she'll still reach out to me Mm -hmm. regularly and the first thing I say is, you know, I apologize for just owning up to it mm-hmm. and being honest and realizing, like, damn, after all these sixth grade, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm about to be 27. I'm right, in right. sixth grade. We've never, never had an argument, never, no weird shit, no stabbing each other in the back, none mm-hmm. of that. Um, and I feel like part of that is just owning up to it, especially when it's, like, right there in your face. And I mean, she's never said it to me, like, you, you stuck at keeping the contact with me. Yeah. But I just noticed that, like, why? She's always the one reaching out to me first, and it's not fair. Mm-hmm. And I've told her that. I said, mm-hmm. you know, it's not fair. I appreciate you for, you know, being, especially when I was away at school and dealing yeah. with doing all the grad school. Um, you know, thank you for being patient with me and rocking out with me and, mm-hmm. you know, not cussing me out or calling me a fake bitch. Yeah, yeah, right. Females are quick to, to you mm-hmm. know, turn on you. Um, so just, I would say part of that is owning up to it and apologizing it. Uh, and apologizing for it. Sorry, the little wine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> apologizing and, and being upfront about it, like apologizing directly to the person or the people, not just a general, yeah, my bad, y'all. No, mm-hmm. Danny, I'm sorry for, you know, not texting you for the past six months. I realized that time and time again, you've reached out to me mm-hmm. and I don't reach out to you. And that's not fair to you. But I thank you for being a real friend and sticking with me through this, you know, busy time mm-hmm. of my life. Right. Um, and people giving people that acknowledgement. And I think as the, the other end, even being on the other end, being that person that, you know, feels like you need an apology and stuff. I think the friend also has to accept that, you know what I'm saying? This is person has their life too. You know what I'm saying? And it's not personal all the time. Right. You know what I mean? I always took things personal. Like, damn, like you really that busy is 24 hours in a day. You can't see me in text. You know what I'm saying? But you got to understand that just let it, let, let the person do what they want to do. And if, you know, if they are a friend, they're going to apologize if they feel some way about it. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, I think in friendships, we take shit too personal. I think it's kind of hard to, though, because, mm-hmm. like, you have those people, and we can't really give this person a title, mm-hmm. but it's a phrase that they use. The, you know who I am, you know how I am. Mm-hmm. That that idea of, you just got to accept me for this. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, sometimes I think that we all become a victim of that. Like, you know, when you're a parent, and you got your day-to-day with your kids, you say, well, why she can't call me back? I done called her three times. And then that person says, well, I got three kids. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you mm-hmm. just you just kind of feel like, oh, you should just understand, like, what it is that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And I've been on both ends where it's like, I just want to know that you still care about me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to know that, like, if some shit got real, mm-hmm. you would at least stop at one point to come see about your mans. Like, mm-hmm. so it's, it's kind of hard to not title a person or fake or inconsiderate mm-hmm. because then you have to ask yourself, well, how many times are they going to keep accepting the apology mm-hmm. or how many times, how many times do you actually want to be sorry? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like weighing these, these things. And it basically boils down to accountability. Now I truly believe that like friends don't have to talk. 
Like I can literally not talk to my BF for like six months, but when we call each other, it's, it's like, like we pick, yeah, pick right back up. Mm-hmm. That's good friendships, man. Those yeah. are the best ones. So we have okay. to, we have to, but we have to kind of address our entitlements, mm-hmm. like feeling like it just has to be one way because sometimes I would think like, am I harder on my other friends because, well, not even that. Let me rephrase it. I'm actually a little bit more lenient on my other friends because I have my best friend. Like what would having a best friend mean if you held all your friends to the same standard? Mm-hmm. Because you will accept a friend being the one that lacks or the one that doesn't respond, the one that never that's never there for you. You'll accept it because you got that one friend that do. But on the other hand, you don't realize how much you put on that one friend. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, so what is that other friend really? Right. Like, mm-hmm. what are they? Because so. she loves you so much, she might not communicate with you that you overwhelming as fuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you always, especially dealing with men, if you're the type of man that wants to be the man instead of a man, juggling all of the women. Always in some shit. Always in some oh. shit. That's me. Uh, always <laughs> in some shit. Oh. I like it, though. I like that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but just think about what that means. Like, you always that friend like, hey, I need you to come bail me out. I need mm-hmm. you to come pick me up. She done slashed my tires. I need you to come pick me up a hundred miles away from where I live, mm-hmm. which is technically 15 minutes to, closer to you. But I went all the way out to the boom dock <laughs> for some ass. And right. I need <laughs> to come yeah. like bail you out. Like, do we stress out the people that we give these titles to? Because a best friend is a hard job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I give credit to my BF because, like I say, I'm moody. I'm funny acting towards people. I ain't always with the adventure. You know, she be on her adventurous shit. Mm-hmm. She like to try things. I be like, eh, <laughs> I don't fit, you know. But she still deals with me and she still treats me with that same care. So, like, for y'all, like, do y'all have somebody in your life that you can actually say, like, puts up with, like, so much shit mm-hmm. to, like, deal with you? Well, yeah, you know who who mine. Is. <laughs> I mean, Poor Cleo. I mean <laughs> she's dealt with so much, man. And I really appreciate it. You know, when I was going, when I was really down, you know, on my depression shit, and um, I really couldn't get up. And she would she would go to work every day, and I would have to watch the kids. This was before they went to the daycare, and I literally just couldn't move. And I'm like, damn, I you know I gotta feed my kids. Like that shit would really hurt me. Like I would be crying about it, and like, damn, I just want to feed my kids. You know what I'm saying? But I keep making them cold shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going all the way downstairs because I'm just, I'm cemented to my bed. And, um, you know, she, she was just like, man, I, you know, I got to drag you out of here. I got to take you, you know, to this, to the hospital. You know what I mean? And I stayed in this recovery center for about four or five days. And it was like the best thing ever, man. You know what I'm saying? It was hard. You know, I was like, damn, like, you know, I can't leave if I don't, if I, you know, I can't leave on my own. Every doors is locked. I'm in here. I don't want to be here. But uh I learned a lot and I got to talk to a lot of people that really suffer, you know, some on some crazy shit, you know, right, just like right. mentally see things. This and, you know, I was just, and I really got to talk to people and, and, you know, so it really helped me out. And I've been dealing with it really good. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think it's really going to go away the way you feel. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, so right. you just got to learn how to how to deal with it and just really be honest and tell your best friend everything because they need to know when you, you know what I'm saying, know the signs when you fucked up. Like Cleo, no. She right, knows. Right. She can just look at me and just be like, all right, you know, mm-hmm. it's time for me to kind of, you know, step up a little bit. So yeah, that's interesting. I don't even know if I have any signs to what I go through because I try to internalize it. I've always been like taught to be tough. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you can deal with it. You can handle it. But um, anytime that I've ever been presented with the opportunity to cry, it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, like even... There's a there's a show that I have to record that talks about um, so many issues with uh, colorism and um, associating um, like hatred and bad blood with darker skin. Mm-hmm. You know, having my grandmother treat me a certain type of way, and those things from that particular point that I'm saving for the show. Um, created some ideals for me to, you know, not cry because the minute that you cry, a person will say, I'll give you something to cry about. 
mm-hmm. not even really wanting to know, like, what is wrong? You know, but I'm still supposed to hold this person in high regard because this is my grandmother, the title. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is oh, my man, grandmother. That's your, yeah, that's your fuck you. Titles, man. They fuck titles you fuck you up. You know, from all like, you can't even be real with your grandmother and say, you hurt me because you know she ain't going to apologize because she's your elder. Mm-hmm. That title shit. That shit fucked us up. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we get so caught up in having a title and, and thinking that it means more because of who you are than actually earning the respect of the title. Mm-hmm. Old folks can learn from some of this millennial shit that, you know, not being fearful, like just being who you really are, admitting to yourself, like, this is what we want. This is how we feel. Like they can learn from that. Mm-hmm. But because you're younger than them, it ain't shit that you could tell me. So I deal with, you know, this issue of not even being comfortable to cry. And the funny thing about it is, you know, she's going on the glory of, you know, die, mm-hmm. you know, that whole thing. And um at her funeral, I couldn't even cry. You know what I'm saying? Like, and me having the title of the family member, the grandson, the, you know, thinking about what my title was to her. Mm-hmm. I felt her. I felt like I owed her my compassion. I, I owed her my sympathy and condolence. She didn't give a fuck about me when she was doing what she was doing to me. Mm-mm. So I felt bad about not feeling anything. Yeah. When she never earned those feelings from me. She never earned the relationship. She never, not saying that she intentionally done this, but this is just something that shifted me forever. So like, even though this stuff happened to me as a youngin, I'm still dealing with this stuff in my, you know, 30s, like mm-hmm. trying to figure out like, just because you have a title, did you earn it? Mm-mm. You my auntie, you my uncle, you my brother, but do you care about being that? So it's a struggle. And, you know, like I always hear like, you know, Danny say, you know, about having titles, like it makes things complicated because you'll think that because you have the title, this is the only thing that you're responsible for. Like women need help. They need to know that you're going to pick up some of their slack. You're going to help them around the house. You're going to do these things. But you feel like, oh, she's the woman. Mm. You kind of remove yourself from sharing her struggle. And this is the whole reason why they're saying we trash. Because you don't even want to be there for her. Like, you don't feel like there's a need for you in her life. But I feel like that happens a lot because... I don't know what happened <laughs> somewhere between whatever generation, whatever <laughs> decade. We just suck at communicating. Mm-hmm, like right, right. if you, before you agree to be with someone, before you agree to marriage, have that, co- why aren't we having that conversation of what that means? Because everybody defines marriage differently. Everybody defines relationships differently. So, you know, why, why are we having that conversation? Like, what do you what do you want out of what do you want from me right right <laughs> like just just asking that what do you want from me yeah. where do you see us i mean do you want to be with me do you just are you just trying to hit and that's it do you legit see me being do you mm-hmm. legit see us being together if so why yeah. where do you see us five years from now ten years from now we're just not having that that conversation mm-hmm. and then on top of it, we're not holding each other accountable because even if you do have that conversation people say whatever just to get through the conversation oh god that's over Mm -hmm. and then do whatever the fuck they want to do anyway so then when that happens why aren't you speaking up or holding that person accountable or staying true to your belief it's just that oh she'll stop there oh he'll stop there Mm -hmm. he said he was going to do this but then 5, 10, 15 years later and that person's still doing the same thing because I don't like I don't think that when we when we look at the dynamic of male and female interaction, mm-hmm. the relationships that we acquire from each other, like for instance, boyfriend, girlfriend, the biggest word between the two compounds is friend. If you look at that and focus on the friend, would a friend care more about what you bring to the table than the character of or the content of your character. Like would a friend dissect you the way that people do nowadays with all of these outrageous, you know, requirements in order to be in a relationship. Like would a friend look at me and say, I got to carry this much of the weight in order to deal with a person who hasn't even displayed 
what type of problematic issues mm. they bring to the table. Like, are we, are we placing too much emphasis on the end point than the actual journey to get to that point? Because I feel like that's very much communication too. Mm-hmm. You'll get to, like, even when in my earlier stages in dating, living at home with your mama, right? There was a point where I moved out. Okay. I didn't have my own career when I met the girl, but I wanted to do so much in that relationship that I went and got my own crib so that she could come and stay with me. So a woman today will say, well, if he ain't got his own car and own crib, he's like no contest. But if you look at it from a different view of when I met him, he was on his knuckles. But in that six months, he stepped up and got his own crib. He did these things. He's showing me the potential, not dating necessarily the potential. Yes, and not only having, like you said, not only having those goals, but actively working towards and achieving those goals. Right. Like for the time and time again, we're falling in love with potential. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, things take time, but again, having that conversation, where do you see yourself six months from now? Right. Okay, right. how are you getting there? And I mean, you don't have to give me concrete numbers and everything, but are you saving every month? Have you looked at places? Have you put down the deposit? You know, mm-hmm. when are you moving? How are you moving that stuff there? Right. Having that conversation. And if if a guy or a girl is, I don't know, and yes, no, maybe so, and mm-hmm. things keep falling through, it's like, okay. You know, one, that's, that's another characteristic, responsibility. Now right. we have to question your responsibility. Right. Um, so. Which is an important title. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's like just, just having that conversation and being observant and taking mental notes and not not just being blind to the bullshit. Word, if, don't if say no shit. If it's blue, it smells like blue, it looks like blue, it's, right, blue. it's blue. Not purple, not maybe a hue of something. Mm-hmm. It's blue. Right, right. That person ain't shit. Leave them alone. Mm-hmm. So in all of the situations that you've encountered where, you know, people haven't lived up to their titles, is, is it safe to still have love for those people? Of course. Yeah, man. I'm, I always like, you know, I was a big Christian, you know, when I was, cause I was forced to be, you know, as a kid and stuff, but I always be like, yo, my homie Jesus would just love everybody. You know what I'm saying? I don't really care about what you give back to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I love you. You know what I'm saying? Right, you right. do me dirty, then that's really just on you, man. Yeah. Like, I, I really love everybody, everybody I have a relationship with. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really just love the shit out of them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And what they give back to me, I've learned to accept it. And that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Because hmm. it's my world. Like, they live their world. I live my world. I can either be happy or be upset. About right, right. Yeah, and then while you're sitting upset and pissed off, mm-hmm. they're having a time of their life, getting their full eight hours of sleep at night. So, I mean, of course, you have to, sometimes if you're hurt, whatever, betrayed, you have to deal with that emotion and process it. And that's another, you can't just, sometimes you can't just push it to the back, keep pressing, keep pressing. Because mm-hmm. sooner or later... That hurt is going to surface. That band aid is going to get open back up, and right. you might. That's when you and I'm guilty of that sometimes too. You suppress, suppress, mm-hmm. and then one random thing happens, and that's just the straw on the camel's back, and then you erupt. That's yeah. not right. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it's like just fuck it. That's why I said what I said when we was together in Detroit about the smokers. Just mm. don't, just saying fuck <laughs> it. Like no, don't care about because, life. Because, I, because <laughs> I really like, don't care about life. Because it's like I have done for <laughs> so many years, and I mean, and it's, it's taken years for me to get to this point. I mean, well, I say I'm 27. Well, I'm about to be 27, as if I'm like seasoned, whatever. <laughs> but it's taken me years to get to this point. I was the one that I can, I can be very emotional, um, but I, I'm good at checking myself, like. Okay, I feel myself getting a little too emotional. Let let me go back a little bit. I might be wild and let me mm. think first. Why am I reacting this way? What could be? What could not be? You know, mm. I've I've got the one thing where if it doesn't, if it won't matter in twenty four hours or forty eight hours, let it go. Just let it go because you know there was a time where I was just I was just always worried about what the other person thought, mm-hmm. mm. and that's not only romantic relationships. That's even with my mother. Mm. Right. Um, and after a while, it's like, you know, you, it affects your health, not only mentally, but, but physically, blood pressure, oh, yeah. weight, cholesterol, all, right, all that, right. all that extra stuff. And at a point, you just have to be like, you know what? Fuck it. They don't care. Why do I care? 
they on they done moved on to the next person, next two, three, four, five people. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I done had people have babies on me too. Right, right. And it's like while I was sitting here crying and carrying on, you was busting out old girls' ass down the block. Mm-hmm. So at at a point you just gotta let it go. Cause Stop I think tweet, about that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. you do have to like kinda let that go. Like I was um when I was thinking about how to like word the show, one thing that um my dad had made mention of because I told him what the title of the show was and he was like, that's funny that you bought these things together because when you think about like Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. where, you know, he's revered, he was, you know, solid, you know, knocking niggas out left and right quick, but nobody really paid attention to the journey up to Buster Douglas of like how he was like always angry. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like not really you know, paying attention to the anger issues and the different displays of character that he was showing because all you're seeing is he's winning. He's Mm -hmm. at the top of his game and this is probably the way that Buster Douglas won. So, and then you look back and you say, well, you know, Gus, you know, Gus had passed who was kind of like his father, Mm -hmm. even though it was his boxing trainer. Mm -hmm. And then the other guy, uh, Jacobs, Another person that was like very much in tune and closer to his life. Mm-hmm. These things are taking place around him and nobody cares about the, the nutrition of your emotional health. You know what I'm saying? And I know that you're big on health. So it's mm-hmm. like, I think about that too. Like when you're dealing with people, how emotionally healthy do you have to be mm-hmm. to accept another person? Because that could mean a whole lot of things. That could mean that you got to deal with this person having an attitude. Um, I think that it's, and forgive me if it sounds judgmental, but I just have to be this way because of my own character. Like how you treat your children, how you treat elders, Mm -hmm. like how you treat people who deserve their titles, like their children. They deserve to be children. Mm -hmm. That's a title that they deserve to have, like making the kid grow up because mama wanted to fuck. And now you turn that child into the babysitter. the babysitter. And now all you're doing is training her to be another parent. Like mm-hmm. she's depending on the responsibilities of watching her little brother, changing little brother diaper, making little brother a bottle because mama had to work. Why didn't you work as hard as you was fucking? Hello. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to kind of like mm-hmm. touch on that. And, and people just, don't want to have that conversation. They don't have that conversation. And in, in today's world, it's the, oh, you're being judgmental, all this, all that, everybody. And yes, to a certain extent, different things work differently mm-hmm. for people, right. different lifestyles. Right. Whatever. That's, that's understandable. I can, I can get with that. But at, the, at a certain point, it's like, you fucked up. You need to own right. up to that. And own you your to, title. Yes. You fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Own up to that. And, you know, in some instances, explore why you made that mistake or in some instances, why you continue to make that mistake. You're on child four or five with number, nigga number six or seven. Like, right. when are we going to do something? When are we going to seek right. help? Because when that title, birth control? like that title of baby mother, like, Yikes. That is, that's a heavy, <laughs> that's a heavy title. And so, it has a negative connotation sometimes. And it doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah. You know Just all my baby mamas out there. Right. <laughs> baby mamas is actually taking care of their babies. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like a baby's mother is a person who has been lied to. A baby mother is a woman who listened to a nigga tell her a bunch of shit that he didn't do. <laughs> but we judge her the same as the one who knew she was on dick number 100. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we judge her in the same way and it's not fair. You know what I'm saying? So I like when I think of like how we place titles on people, like she's a mother, just like any other woman, mm-hmm. you know, but like when we use that to kind of stigmatize a person and it's not always that they're even like the cause of the stigma. Sometimes they're just a victim of choosing the wrong person. Like we have to differentiate the two. Because I know a lot of babies' mothers who are exceptional people, but because we're so stuck on titling people, they don't get to be considered as human beings. That like, oh, that's so and so baby mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and you say it, and it's like, well, damn, you she's know, more than that. She's more than that, you know. And then because a woman just so happens, and that's another that's another issue too. When you deal with a guy who lied to you. And then just so happens he gets married. 
you're labeled the baby mother because you were the one that didn't get chose. But in some way, shape or form, these women that didn't get chose are just the trial and errors that took place before this nigga got his mind right. So and sometimes that's not even that's not the even case. that's mm-hmm. not always the case either. Yeah, so. But it's up to that man to place that respect on those women because mm-hmm. for me personally, I would hope that I would be the guy that will understand. Like, okay, well, these are the women that got me to this point with you to marry you and try to right the wrongs of my past, and I would have to make, I would have to insist that you show that respect to those women because. You're only here because of the fuck ups that I've done or the mistakes that I've made with the previous batch of women that I've been with. Despite the number, despite the body count, you know, these are the people that brought me to this point. And I don't think that we have that accountability to make our wives or our husbands or our best friends or whoever respect the people that have helped us get to the points that we are because we're so busy trying to title a person. Mm-hmm. Like one of the realest things I heard you say on Danny and Cleo's show. No, it wasn't even Danny and Cleo's show. It was actually on Avery's show that you did about depression mm-hmm. where you were saying like, we always got to rate shit. We can't just love it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just love music. It has to be a top five. All yeah. the time, man. So you kind of underappreciate art for what it is. And I think we treat people the same way. Yeah, man. It's just dangerous. Yeah, like comparing stuff. Like some things just can't. It's like comparing apples to oranges. Mm-hmm. It can't be compared. Right. Like. It's just stop high. comparing. Just, yeah. yeah. Is is he, you like it or yeah. not? Yeah. Is he like it or not? Man, that's it. So that's like, that's just my issue. You know, my current issue in life right now is just like trying to be more mindful of how I present my perspective on another person. Because you don't know what they go through. Mm-mm. And. Sometimes being labeled is a heavy weight on a person that they can't shake and you put it on them. Mm -hmm. So your karma for doing that to a person is probably going to be worse than what they're going through. You got to be mindful that every situation is not the same. Every person didn't just choose these things. Sometimes they inherited sins of their fathers, their mothers. Like these things are just factors and people becoming who they are. So, um, accountability is a really big thing and just listening to y'all like share how y'all see things from you know taking the title away and focus on a relationship focus on mm-hmm. the mind what know? matters focus on what matters man. yeah yeah like fuck what kind of what the name of your car is how that shit drive dog real shit you know what i'm saying how long it's gonna last? if my mm-hmm. mom with a honda go better than you know if it drives smoother i'm good with this shit right <laughs> But we just have a problem with titles, man. Titles. That's what, I mean. That's with with, with relationships, with uh, you know, brands, shoes, cars, homes. That's why I don't P- think just, PR like was so just, much fun. Man. Just focusing on on the on the title and not the quality, mm-hmm. right? Because just because it's Nike, don't mean it's going to hold together. Shit might really right. right. Look, so I'll I'll take my ass to Walmart. Yes, <laughs> and buy that Walmart brand drive fit yeah. over that Nike drive fit. Because it works exactly the same. Exactly the same. Yeah, it does. But be, again, being caught up in titles, some people say, "Uh, Walmart, yeah. uh, thrift store, uh, oh no, yeah. I need my Gucci, I need my." But then that shit, you wear it twice, wash it once, and it expires quicker than mm-hmm. the cheap stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even in style for more than six months, right? But it takes six months worth of pay. Yeah. Hello, titles, man. Titles are. It hurts your feelings. Yeah, man. Name brands. Name brands are definitely titles that we need to remove because, like, name brands actually make people think that they're more than what they are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think you more of that nigga, or you think you know how to dress, but you're still like a clown, or you just still a lame ass motherfucker. Period. Right. You not you a fly ass lame nigga. You know what I'm saying? And. I think it messes up our kids, man, a lot. You know, it, like right now, you don't really care. You're an adult. You don't care about the, what the next man make. But when you're in high school, man, you know how it is, man. Your first yeah. day of school really is going to determine, right? you know, your yeah. social life. And that's just... trajectory with the women is like determined yeah, the first day of school. That shit's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I know I could have got way... You know what I mean? If this is some blind date shit, I'm going to be number one on, on probably all these girls' lists. <laughs> 
So that's how I think life should be, man. You know. Yeah. Look at it blindly, man. How much you know? How much does a person worth? You know, in in your relationship, and how, what are they doing? What are you doing? And accept it. That's what I would do. You can either take it or leave it. Real shit. I definitely appreciate y'all coming through for me, man. Yeah. Thank you for it. It was like a no brainer when I was thinking about this. I had literally just seen y'all, and I'm mm-hmm. like, "Yup, K." Okay, yep, Danny, he perfect for this because, you know, my whole concept of everything is different now. Like how we look at relationships and, yeah. you know, social media acceptance. You got to post it in order for it to be real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, we like just recently, like I remember like really admiring um, like Fab and Emily. Oh, yeah, man. that's a hurt piece. Man. That's a hurt piece. That's you know what I'm saying? But look, it is what it is. Like, fuck like, Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because that shit is crazy. Like, you know, because she's really a good girl. Like, but to me, it's like, I'm so glad we're talking about this. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad. I, like, he's been low key, like, mentally abusing her forever, though, because they've been quote unquote. Together for however long, mm-hmm. stringing all how long? Yeah, forever. That that's a form of abuse. That's Absolutely. that's mental, psychological. Oh, yeah. Um, because I mean, obviously, none of us know them personally at the end of the day. So God knows what she's truly doing in her personal life. Yeah. But as far as what we see, you know, she's been by herself or single, or mm-hmm. if not, you know, obviously doing whatever with Fab. But other than that, that's it. Whereas we know he'd be in the strip club. I follow yeah. that man on. Snapchat in the strip club every mm. other day, traveling, doing whatever every other day. Right. So, but for her to stay that long, um, you know, with the public cheating yeah. for years, mm-hmm. right? That that's a form of abuse in itself. So the the physical thing, it doesn't surprise me, but it is very disappointing. But then too, we have to think about that title of ride or die. Right. When it comes ride to women, or right, like <laughs> it's. It's of so much value when you ride and you finally become the wife. But the thing is, when when it comes to women, is you can't accept when you get killed off. Like, you accepted that in that title, ride or die. Those were the options. Mm -hmm. So, riding could mean, oh, you're going to be my girl for 10 years. I'm going to be this huge rapper. I'm going to be one of the best lyricists. I'm going to get respected. I'm going to fly around and do whatever I want. And you're going to stay at home and keep my home front together. And I'm just going to let you dress flat. And you're going to promote yourself off of being my girl. Mm-hmm. Like that could have been what she signed up for. Not realizing that it's so much more than that. Yeah. Because we psychologically make people think that in order for you to be down for me, you have to stay down in your position mm-hmm. while I'm at my peak. Yeah. So that title of ride or die. Like we always want that person who's just willing to accept our shit. And maybe, you know, she accepted it for so long, not even knowing about the things that he was doing on the outside because she can't even physically see it. She ain't there. Mm -hmm. He out here dealing with, you know, feeling like, Oh, well, I mean, this might not be the case, but it very well could be all of these people popping off and I can't get a record on the radio right now because to the young boys, he considered, oh, mm-hmm. it's the little Zans, the little bands, the little kings. <laughs> little bands, little <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's all these littles popping off. Yeah. You know, little pump, little And it's so scary that this you know? generation mm-hmm. is legit liking their music and then disrespecting the, the elders, people that came before the, the them. The statesmen of their, you know, their states. Yeah. I just, I, what, what was the guy that was uh, interviewing? I don't even know his name. He just looks like excuse lack of a better term a fucking retard I don't know what his name is he has the colorful hair one oh, of them six, that nine. has the colorful hair yeah, yeah. Six, nine. yeah but it's like five of them that have colorful hair I don't even know yeah. which one he is light skin right. and he was like on now per, now me personally I can't stand Charlamagne the guy Leonard Leonard whatever mm. his name is I can't stand his ass <laughs> mm. but I mean he has his accolades. He has contributed to, you know, to um, online radio and, you yeah. know, hip hop, producing, yada, yada. He's done some stuff, so okay. Mm-hmm. And then this kid who rapping about sipping, I don't even know what he talks about because I don't listen to his music. He looks like he talks about mm-hmm. rapping about drinking lean, smoking whatever, snorting whatever. I can't get with it. And I then you it. get, yeah, and then you come, you come on that man's show mm-hmm. and then try to say that he's insignificant or whatever. Like, nigga, but you're on my show. 
What do you right, mean? Right. I'm 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 not important. And I mean, and they definitely <laughs> solidified themselves as being the one show that you have to come to in order to like substantiate your relevance. Yeah, you yeah like, but you're on my show. What do you mean? Guy, right. But it's like this new like. Well, I'm a millennial, so but the millennials is from what 1980 whatever to like 1996. I was born in 91. I'm a millennial. Mm-hmm. Them. Crazy folks born after ninety six, <laughs> they're different, yeah. and they're disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to hip hop, you know, in order for you to be a true hip hop artist, you you have to know where hip hop came from. Mm-hmm. You know that that other guy who said that Tupac is boring, mm-hmm. nigga. If it wasn't for Tupac, you you and a lot of your peers would not even be here. Right. And I mean, you don't have to think that Tupac was the greatest alive because mm-hmm. that's everybody has their taste and their opinion, but. To just complete, to blatantly disrespect. On and, purpose, too. Yeah, on right. purpose. Like, these, what happened to people getting smacked in the mouth for, for mm-hmm. being disrespectful? Because I the miss media, that era. Media, man, I that miss that era of hip hop. You don't go to jail now, you do this. Yeah, right. I miss that era of hip hop for people real life getting smacked for being disrespectful. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what people need. Right. And that's why this generation, because they're not getting smacked like they need to. And I mean, of course, again, that's another thing. Everybody has their opinion on. Beating kids, whatever. Don't abuse was, your kids, y'all. Don't abuse your kids. I was beaten. I came out fine. My mind, I wasn't abused. But there, there is a line that, that whatever. But mm-hmm. he, some of these kids need to, need to taste slap out their mouths. Yeah, some of these adults too. True. Just discipline, man. Just I mean, discipline. at every level, man. Even as an adult, you have rules. You know, I, I mean, I just take my, you know, me and my kids, I keep it 100 with them. They only four and two, dog. <laughs> they know, they know, they know, fuck the police. They know, they know these white people is after them. They know everything, though. So, you know, it's just a, a person to person thing. Just respect. Each other. Levels. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I really appreciate that idea of the reinstitution of respect. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because we got to speak out about the lack of it. You know, we go, in different places and sometimes we don't know where we going. You know what I'm saying? Like we just jump up and say, man, let's go here. Let's go here. Like how we travel to record and mm-hmm. stuff. We be going in places and people welcome us. You know what I'm saying? Like people love to be around us. We bring that certain energy. So I think that if we continue doing things like this, where we addressing like the fuck shit. Yeah. Real shit. Man. Like just keeping it in rotation so that they can constantly hear how bad you know, you're becoming at the expense of your ego. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, that's that's another title. Egotistical and Mm -hmm. disrespectful. Like, all of these things that we take on by just not necessarily addressing what our issues are. You know? Yeah, and I mean, the disrespect isn't only taking place uh, between generations. It's even, you know, with our peers, within generations. Mm -hmm. Again, social media, everybody has an opinion. Right. I had somebody in my mentions talking to me crazy today, and it's like, um, stranger, mm. you know, someone called, it's like, someone's, this person said that my opinion is vindictive and poisonous. First of all, three years ago, people weren't even using that vocabulary. So all these mm-hmm. fake people need to go the fuck back to sleep mm. because it's annoying. <laughs> but it's like, you know, for you to say, for, for people just to have this voice, Mm-hmm. Um and just you know just you're talking to complete stranger once again you don't know what that person mm-hmm. is going through you know thank God I have some confidence to know who I am there's people that that are killing themselves exactly. from people going in their mentions and talking to them crazy mm-hmm. right so you know you calling me vindictive and this and that I'm like stranger you the fact that you you searched this you know a keyword. And came across my tweet and did any mini miny mo and just so happened to pick my tweet and you're you know labeling me th- labeling me as things that I'm not and you don't even know me you're probably in Kansas somewhere right, random right. like you're being vindictive and inappropriate right. and immature and it's unnecessary. Yeah, I hope that somebody that's listening to this takes from this conversation that you know own up to what your title is like. Don't take your position in nobody's life for granted because it's a lot of people who have titles but don't even care that they got them and if you can't if you know that you can't own up to that title say something say something don't like, agree to some shit that you that you know for a fact you can't handle Mm-mm. stop letting them people who claim you as a best friend keep you from telling them that you ain't my best friend 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you'll be you'll be made responsible for a person that you ain't even picked. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, man, look, you're not my homeboy like that. I appreciate that you feel this way about me, but let's just keep it cordial and stay friends. I don't need that type of responsibility. Learn to speak up for yourself because mm-hmm. accountability is a title that we all have to live up to. Responsibility is a title we all got to live up to. For each other and for ourselves. For ourselves first. First. And then for for the next person. Just be nice to each other, man. First. And be nice to yourself first. Yeah, definitely. You can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-mm. I'm thirsty. <laughs> I, my cup is three fourths full. Yours looks pretty empty. Would you like so I can pour yes, some from my cup into go. yours? See? This is a physical yeah. demonstration. I, I, I am sufficient, and I can pour. There we go. Listen can to that, you pour. You hear that? <sighs> now go, now I'm good. Yeah, and I'm still good. Salute. Salute. Hey, I gave to the next person. To somebody that I care about and so love, still good, but I'm still good for me too. Mm. Hey man, see what happens. Now we both sauced. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. See what happens. Hallelujah. This has been another episode of Change the Subject. I am your host, Dergo BJ. Follow me at D E R G O B J on all social media. If you have any comments, questions, or just want to talk some shit, you can also email me at D E R G O B J at iCloud.com. And you guys need to give your social media handles because y'all are a part of two amazing shows. Ladies first. Alrighty, you all can find me on Twitter and Snapchat at Vivemin underscore K-A-I. Um, and then on Instagram as underscore killer. But for the A, right. Underscore K-A-I. Um, I'm a monthly, um, I do a month, a show every month with the podcast brothers. They're out of Trent, New Jersey. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. They have an amazing podcast. So please follow them on the podcast brothers on, um, what's that on Instagram and on Twitter. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, the podcast brothers, uh, podcast network. Yeah. They got a whole network. Yep. Yeah. Shout out to mama yoga because mama yoga be getting me together. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Snatch. Right off. (laughs) But like those quick little snippets on just like the stuff that she be talking about be really get me in line. Like I I need to say that more because she's kinda like the OG Mm -hmm. and nobody knows her like that. But she really be giving some vital information about how to be physically and mentally healthy. So shout out to Mama Yoga and all of the other shows, Talking Greasy and the town and the whole network. Because they really do shades though. Yeah. They Um, really do some dope stuff over there. The podcast brothers network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my boys, my guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, then of course, still uh, check out Chopping Up with Q there with Q and VJ. That's home base. Um, so yeah, check them out as well. And um, yeah, that's me. Um, on Twitter, Danny and Cleo. We're the only Danny and Cleo on earth. So you can just look at it iTunes, SoundCloud, and uh, on Snapchat, uh, it's The Desert. You be wild. The desert. <laughs> It's crazy, it's crazy in the desert. It's crazy in the desert. CE radio be lit. That should be lit. Right. <laughs> I need to get in my own radio show, man. I'm going to keep doing it. But yeah, man, follow my family. They all got dope content. Um, we're trying to include everybody in this process of following great shows. So like, if you are looking for a dope podcast and you want to be a part of something that will help you get through your day, your week, your life, your problems, whatever... These shows that we have just previously mentioned will definitely get you to your destination. Again, thanks for tuning in. Catch y'all in a minute.